Just about everyone agrees that companies need to be environmentally and socially responsible and run ethically. That's what ESG is all about. But how does a company make sure it walks the talk? I think it's great to be bold. The issue that I think as lawyers we struggle with, as at least I struggle with is, that's great, but if I fail, what are the unintended consequences? Hi, I'm Irene Silber with the Vanguard Network. Tom Sabatino is General Counsel for Tenneco, one of the world's leading auto parts manufacturers with $15 billion in annual sales. Sabatino was featured at a Vanguard forum for general counsels. He was asked to speak about the legal challenges that ESG presents. The session was moderated by board advisor, Derek Eisert. Here are some of the highlights. And so we just want to see to the extent that you agree with the following statement. I am concerned that our company may make ESG promises today that cannot be kept in the future. Uh, I am concerned about it, um, not specifically uh, today, because I think, um, to be honest, the, we've had this discussion within my company, and I feel pretty confident that we are taking a cautious approach on over committing. But you have all of these pressures coming to bear on corporations. You've got investors that are pushing on ESG. You've got regulators that are pushing on ESG. We, in our case, have customers that are saying, you need to commit to, um, uh, to certain specific goals and we're going to audit you because we're going to be uh, asked to do that as well. And so you get getting this trickle down effect to us. And so there's an enormous amount of pressure, particularly on the climate piece of it, but also on DEI and other areas. I think um, from a number of, of, uh, of quarters that is just put, putting a lot of pressure on it. And I, and I, worry at times that the pressure becomes so great that you start to get into this mindset of if I can just push it out far enough, then we're going to hope it works. And oh, by the way, I probably won't be here anyway. So, you know, good luck with that. And I know the last one is a little bit sort of, um, I don't think people say that consciously um, or admit consciously, but there is that sense of like, wow, you know, that's really tough, right? So I'll use the very example that I'm dealing with right now. You've got all of the uh, OEMs, the OEs, um, the automakers, for those of you who aren't in the, you know, in the terminology here, um, who are saying, we're going to stop selling cars and or stop uh, manufacturing cars in 2035 or 2030 that have a combustion engine. Um, and we're going to be all electric by that point. And so they're making these big promises. So that means we've got to make those promises ourselves and we've got, it affects our business, right? So we make pistons for engines, right? That's going to go away if that's actually true at that point. And so we're starting to get into that issue of, you know, is this real or is it not real? Um, and so for us and for companies, I think the, the marrying of a business imperative with the societal or social uh, utility of reducing our carbon footprint as a as a as a as a planet are starting to align, but nobody actually knows how to get there. Um, and everyone is promising to get there, but you saw what happened with uh, with GM with their Bolt. They've got a massive uh, battery problem. 
right? So that's it's going to cost them a billion dollars or something like that uh, to solve that problem. So is it really? It's so far out. Of course, we're going to get there. But if you look 30 years ago, what we promised in terms of you know where the world was going to be in terms of climate change, that hasn't happened either. So I worry about getting too far out ahead of us. Oh, by the way, by the time that all happens, I'm going to be you know not working anymore, so it doesn't really matter. But I, I do worry about it still. GC is quarterback, kind of center target of the ESG agenda, and is on the hook to the CEO and the board, and then. But there's also kind of varying degrees of involvement depending on, you know, what industry a company is in, where folks are uh, in, in their ESG journey. Um, what do you think are the big questions that you think GC should be thinking about? Yeah, so I, I think GCs and any business leader needs to be um, challenging, skeptical of goals that are far, you know, are, are out in the future. Um, and I think we as GCs and others who are engaged in it need to actually understand the practicality of these things. So I think GCs need to worry about, is this real? Can this actually happen? Let me understand your plans to get from X to Z, A to Z. Um, let me understand how I'm going to, if I have to report this out to the SEC, which I will have to do at some point because the SEC is going to insist on that. What is that going to look like? And can I do that? And the reaction I get from the business is sort of one of two things. Uh, there's a group that says, you know what? We're smart. We know we need to do this. It's imperative. We'll get it done. And here are our general plans. And there's a group of the business who are saying, are you out of your mind? We can't possibly get there. Right. And, and so you've got this sort of back and forth. I'm being I'm exaggerating for, yeah. for effect here. But, yeah, I, I do think that there are there are business people who are like, I can't promise that. And there are others who say, we'll figure it out. And so our job is to try to figure out what is truly feasible and doable within a framework that's not going to blow up the business longer term, but also moves us along a path that will um, help us achieve the objectives that are being uh, set forth internally and that are being put upon us by all these other stakeholders who have an interest in us. And I know we're talking a lot about environmental, but I think the same issue arises in things like uh, diversity and inclusion. Yeah. Um, you know, make big promises around, around this and we find out that it's a lot harder than you think. And you, you may need to put more resources into it. Um, and so I think all of these things kind of intersect in that way. But how do you balance that aspirational goal without violating kind of like puffery? Remember that from law school um, versus kind of what's likely achievable, but may not, you know, get you where you want to be in the in the industry. I, I think you have to be very rational about this. I think you have to have, you know, very specific plans that you ask or demand of the business or whoever is going to achieve it, uh, move to achieve it. How are you going to do it? Great, right? We're going to be carbon neutral by X date. Fantastic. What are we doing next year? What happens in three years? What happens in five years? How does that work? What's the cost? So everything has a cost attached to it. Is that practical? The one that's really scary is sort of the scope three um, uh, climate <clears throat> Uh, you know, energy reductions or climate reductions that, that uh, is being put on us because we don't control that, right? These are our, 
these are our suppliers that we're supposed to be um, um, being held accountable for. And so to me, it is really being very rational and practical about how to get there. Now at Tenneco, we have, I have a built-in advantage. Uh, our CEO is forward thinking and we now actually have a chief ESG officer who um, reports to me and to the CEO. And she sits on the executive leadership team and she asks these questions all the time and she's really good at it. Um, and she does it in a way that actually makes people stop and think and say, okay, can I achieve this? Um, but I think everyone's got to think, think in those terms. How do you kind of balance that being bold in, in, in trying to really make an impact versus the, we must have a plan and it must be very rational and kind of tactical. I think it's great to be bold. The issue that I think as lawyers we struggle with, or at least I struggle with, is that's great, but if I fail, what are the unintended consequences? Will there be plaintiff's lawyers that come in and say, you made promises that you couldn't keep? Will the SEC say, you put this in your disclosures and now you failed to do that? Are there unintended consequences of doing that? Will investors say, you promised me X, you delivered something less than X, so I'm now going to punish you for that. And so I think that's why I become much more rational about this. I think internally we can have great ambitious goals. I think we just need to be careful when we're talking externally about what we're trying to achieve so that we don't get, our, get out too far in advance. It's the same thing as any other forward-looking statement we're making. Because these are, these are ultimately forward-looking statements that I believe somebody will one day hold, try to hold us accountable for in sort of the legal sense. And so you need to you need to do things internally that really are bold and you know out there and trying to do things. I mean, we're doing things like investing in energy facilities in in uh, in China, right? We're co-investing in in um, you know solar energy facilities in, in in China, for example. That's that's kind of bold. I mean, like, you know, we're uh, you know we're an auto parts company, but that's that's something we're doing. But we're not saying that we will be carbon neutral by the day after tomorrow. So I think there's a balance there. The full gamut of how we should be thinking about ESG, particularly as it relates to metrics and measurements, you know, governmental agencies and, and the impact that that's having, but just curious kind of your perspective. It is uncertain what will emerge ultimately. The SEC is trying to come up with metrics and measurements. There are all these other organizations that have had it for a long time in some areas and a shorter time in other, in, in other areas. And so it is unclear what is going to be asked to be measured. Um, and so it's hard for us sitting here today to figure out what it is we should be measuring and the ability to do that. Um, you know, we, you know, you try to task the finance function to come up with some sort of way of measuring this, and that's very hard to do. Uh, especially as you get more protracted. Um, and in some ways, it's kind of, I mean, I'll, I'll just be blunt about it. It's kind of guesswork as to whether or not you're actually hitting your hitting your goals. And I think we need to think about that in terms of, do we want to try to advocate for a common set of metrics that everyone goes by? There are pros and cons to that. Or, you know, does it, is it industry specific? I mean, oil and gas is going to be looking at a very different set of um, things that are important in the ESG framework compared to a service organization um, or compared to like a Google 
which may not have you know, uh, the environmental impact uh, or involved in places where you have other social issues like conflict minerals and those sorts of things. Um, you know, what are the right, should their metrics be different? And so until we sort of build a consensus around this, I think we're all gonna have to just sort of uh, figure out what makes sense for us and try to do the best we can to measure, recognizing that we're gonna get it wrong. And the question is how wrong are we gonna get it and how much you know, exposure do we have from that? That was Tom Sabatino, Tenneco's General Counsel, at a Vanguard Forum for GCs, speaking with Garrick Eisert of the Executas Group. The forum and podcasts like this are just one of the membership benefits of the Vanguard Network, which organizes events, publishes content, and connects C-suite leaders. Our mission is building high-performance leadership. If you'd like more information about us, please visit our website at thevanguardnetwork.com. I'm Irene Silver. Thanks for listening.